Nice. All right, cool. You got that. Let's start the video recording. Cool beans. Bam. We are back. Backscatter yep. is back. Welcome back. I love saying that. I know. Because it's called Backscatter, so we can say Backscatter is back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Backscatter. Of Backscatter. Um, yeah. Last week, we talked about how we uh, were starting the Discord uh, server. Yes. And uh, it should be up by this ep- or by the time this episode releases. So feel free to check that out. I'll link it in the description if that's possible. But we'll figure it out. We'll definitely announce it everywhere. You could uh, go ahead, join it. There's topic suggestion and then like a general discussion chat. Feel free to talk about whatever. Um, but yeah, today we are going to talk about religion and God. Yeah. This sort of stuff. We were discussing topics yesterday and it took us a minute. But then Amir was talking about how he was researching or writing about the problem of evil, yeah. which I got to do that for my philosophy class uh, my freshman year in college. Yeah. So it's kind of exciting that he's getting a chance to, to do it now as well. Yeah, it's cool. And we'll definitely get into that more later. But first, I think we're going to start off with kind of talking about like general different conceptions of God and then what we believe um, right. personally. Yeah, because that's a big, that's a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. It's just reflecting on your own beliefs. And I, I don't feel like we've ever really had a conversation where we discuss that too in depth. What we believe about religion and God and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I know that like our general belief is similar, if not the same. Right. And we've kind of held the same beliefs since college or high school. Um, and uh, generally or not generally what Josh and I believe is it's called pantheism. If you don't know what that is, I'll explain it right now. Pantheism is essentially the belief that the universe is God. I lean towards panentheism, which is the belief that it's the same thing, but that God is also like outside of, it is a part of and outside. Anyways, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of different conceptions and uh, yeah, I don't know. Right. One of the, the interesting things to think about is like, because I, I was raised Catholic, yeah, and my family's Catholic, and so growing up, I was raised to believe that, you know, there's one God basically, and there's also this thing that I think not every Catholic has this, and and there's some variation with it, but I think it's safe to say that for the most part, um, Christians and Catholics, uh, because my dad's Christian as well, it's my mom's side that's Catholic actually, my dad's Christian, but. And so I've been to like different churches and whatnot before. So I've seen like both sides of it. But anyways, um, it's that the God that we worship, like our one God is not the same God that like Muslims worship or that like, yeah. uh, you know, obviously Hindus have multiple gods. It's like there's this belief that there's no way we're all praying to the same God or the same entity or entities or whatever it is that's out there. Right. Whereas, see, and that's interesting that that's something that's within uh, Christianity and Catholicism and Islam, they believe that, that will know it's the same thing, that Christians and Muslims are praying to the same God. They also don't view Jesus as the son of God. They think uh, Jesus was the 27th prophet and Muhammad is the 28th and final prophet or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, where And then Sikhism, which is what I was raised in, um, the issue with it is that there's a lot of, uh, it's been Christianized, we'll call it, because um, obviously the historical context when the British came in, 
they were obviously Christian. You could say. It was westernized, yeah. And it, when the British came in, the way that they interpreted our text kind of got mistranslated. Um, and so if you look up Sikhism will be called a monotheistic religion, it's not. It's panentheistic. Um, right. Or, pan, or pantheistic. There's still that debate too. But that's closer to what it actually is than monotheistic, technically. Mm -hmm. um, but what Sikhism talks about is that you know, we're all, like, it's the same thing. There's one universal, that's the idea, it's one universal God, and mm -hmm. you can call it Allah, you can call it God, you can call it uh, uh, Yahweh, which is the Hebrew word for God, whatever it is. Um, but it's all right. the same thing, right? That's the belief, um, that you're all praying to the same thing, and it doesn't really matter what religion you're from, which that's generally, I, I, I still believe that to this day, and I think Josh, you would probably agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I don't think that's that one th thing. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's one thing that like, since I want to say around so sometime in high school, like mid high school time, I started defining my belief more about what I more. It was, it was less like what I think because something as abstract as God to yeah. me, it, it seems strange to, to try and logically and like rationally justify yeah. it. In a lot of ways, it, it can be very difficult to try I and agree. do that even. Mm. And I think that ultimately you really can't, you know. Mm. But that's around the time where I started to uh, be introduced to Baha'ism, um, mm. or to the Baha'i faith, rather. And uh, I was introduced to that by my friend Nabil, who's a Baha'i. And he would always talk to me about these ideas of, you know, how the Baha'is basically, their their goal is that they want everyone to be able to live together in love and harmony. And that one of their virtues is that no, basically no matter how they're treated, they have to show people love, no matter mm -hmm. what. And there was a story yeah. that Nabil told me about, I forget who it was, but it, it took place somewhere in the Middle East where like a group of Baha'is were thrown in this pit by some... Uh, leader you know mm -hmm. and um basically th this pit was like a. it was kind of like a like if you've seen the dark knight rises where they throw bruce wayne yeah, yeah. In, in the pit it was kind of like that but like way worse because you're like up to your ankles and shit and piss so it yeah. was like disgusting and horrible mm -hmm. and every day they would wake up and they would sing uh praise and thanks to to uh to god or whatever right mm. and they would be happy and they would sing so loud that the this leader could hear them from his palace and so he took them out of the pit and he asked um their their leader i think he was called the bob could be wrong about that uh, i know there was a guy named the bob but anyways they talked so he asked him like like why why are you guys singing like why are you so happy and you know uh he basically said something along the lines of like you know, like, why wouldn't we be, you know, we have like another day of life and, mm -hmm. you know, we've, we've been given like this opportunity to, to like do our best or whatever, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, he would tell me stories like that though, is the point. And I realized that like this little box of like Christianity and Catholicism, which I had grown completely disillusioned with, like the, the Catholic faith is something that like, I was like, I was considering being like an atheist and just being like, yeah. Like, no, like, this is all crap. Like, it's stupid. I, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't like it. Like, I'm not gonna, 
I'm just going to like completely go against religion. I was like, at that point I was starting to turn more towards like, I hate religion. But then he introduced me to those ideas and I realized like, wait, no, there are people out there who actually believe things that make sense and that are actually good to believe, you know, things that promote like love and peace and, you know, showing uh, love to your neighbors and showing love to people who don't even deserve it, you know, by most people's standards. And and I think that, that, I I think that that's something that, so when you talk about Christianity, right? Like I had a very negative conception of Christianity growing up. Um, and part of the reason that that was like, I was the only person that I knew that wasn't a Christian growing up. I had seen it from friends and from strangers. Like you need to convert, you're going to hell. Like this is what I had seen. I'm like, this doesn't seem compassionate or empathetic and loving. And you want me to believe that this comes from God, right? Yeah. Something that's supposed to be all good, right? All, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had that conception of Christianity for a very long time. And to be honest, not very many Christians helped me with that conception. Yeah. It was when I learned about, I went out of my way. I took a religious, um, a world religions class. And it was when I learned about um, Jesus and that story that I went, oh, okay, it didn't make me a Christian. But what it did was made me go, oh, okay. Like, this is what it's all about, actually. Right. It's like, yeah. this is just people being people, right? Yeah. Whereas when you look at what he actually did, what he said, and the way that he treated people, it's like, I, this, this is how you should be, right? He right. was empathetic. He listened, right? Mm-hmm. He cared for people and loved people unconditionally. I love the story. I, I always go back to this story, and it's one of my favorite stories that I think people in my experience within the Christian faith often struggle with. And it's, what does he say? Uh, they're stoning a harlot in a square, a prostitute in a square. Right. And he says, uh, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone. Right. Mm-hmm. And they right. all drop it. What right. does that Jesus show? It's says, like, you're all just yeah. people. Exactly. Right. And so that it was things like that, that made me go, Oh, okay, wait, this isn't like Christianity necessarily as a religion or like Jesus does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's people that act a fool and do yeah. things. But and, but and you say that within everything. I'm not going to... In Sikhism, you get Sikhs that do the same exact thing, right? Right. Historically, you can see it. When there was the... Before the empire... So they're called missiles. They were basically just like city-states. Before right. they were unified into one empire, they were fighting and killing each other for power and stupid shit, right? Right. Yeah. And, and people, all people are the same. Yeah, you you have these uh, highly virtuous uh, virtues <laughs> held up in religions, and there's like a lot of good stuff in there. And I and that's the other thing too. I realize now it's that it's not so much the Catholic faith that I'm disillusioned with. It's the the church. You know, it's yeah. like this establishment. It's this yeah. organization that's yeah. full of people who. Uh, you know, say things that they don't mean or say things that they don't even know what they mean or just because that's what you say, you know? Like, you, like for example, when you go to church, uh, you have all these prayers that you say and you just say them. But how many people are actually sitting there meditating on every word, you know? How many people are really internalizing and thinking about what they're saying and and, and you know, trying their best to connect with god in that moment right whatever their belief of god is or whatever they think god is and how many people are really there you know 
trying to have this sort of a spiritual experience where they're mm -hmm. meditating on these things and trying to, you know, be them best their their best self. Like mm -hmm. I I would say like probably not that many. <laughs> probably yeah. not that many, you know? Yeah. I, I um, think that was a big reason that I actually for years because so I grew up sick and then in high school I kinda went, No, I'm agnostic. I was actually kind of following the same route you were. I was like, nah. Yeah. I kinda I, I was agnostic. I was like, I still believe that there is something, I just don't necessarily and I still claim I don't know what it is and no one does. And if you claim to know what it is, you believe, you know, there's, there's a difference. We'll get into that. Yeah. But I what I realized that I was basically just praying for the sake of praying, right? I was okay, I was just repeating it, going across something. I'm I'm just doing it over and over and over. It doesn't mean anything to me. Right? right. They're just words. They're just words. And it's in yeah. another language I don't even understand. So it's like, well, what am I doing? Right. Like, so there's like the... another barrier there. Exactly. And so for me, I, I kind of turned away from it for a while. I ended up coming back to it probably within the past year and a half, two years, two years. And um, but that's because I've gone out of my way to actually seek an understanding of it. And like you said, meditate on what it's saying, think about it and really try to understand it and sort of feel that connection that the whole that's what the whole idea of it is right is to help you feel mm -hmm. connected with the universe god whatever you want to call it um right and i think that too often what happens is we just almost get ritualistic with it and just mm -hmm. do it for the sake of doing it it's like that doesn't seem like a reason to do it you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i don't know if that makes sense but yeah that yeah no i i think for sure but then the other thing too is that you can, you could even, you know, th this is this is what really got me is because you would see people, um, at church, you know, mm -hmm. who are sort of seen as like, you know, like good people maybe or whatever. Yeah. But then as soon as they walk out of the church, I mean, you s they're really just the same as every other person. You know, they yeah. still, they like, it's like they don't. Like, I, I, I mean, because, like, obviously we're all people. Like, we're not without yeah, our yeah. flaws and whatnot. But it's almost like they're not even... It's like, like why do you even go to church kind of thing, you know? It's, it's like the they're whole not thing. even it's like, learning anything or trying or anything, you know? It's like they exactly. just go and then they hold themselves as um, morally righteous or somehow mm -hmm. better than someone who maybe, like, didn't go to church or who isn't Catholic or who doesn't pray or whatever... And, yep. um, it's like that, like if you're doing it to be righteous, if you're doing it just because like you're basically like selfish reasons, you know, pretty much because you're mm -hmm. like, well, I want to go to heaven or, you know, because I do it because like, you know, I don't know, like whatever, you know, but you don't actually implement those things in your life. And you're, you're just not even like, if you can't even like recognize that in fact, you are no better than anyone else. And you think that somehow that because you do these things that makes you special, yeah. I, in my mind, that just defeats the whole purpose of it. I couldn't agree more, dude. I <laughs> yeah. completely agree. I, you know, I, the way that it, a lot of people, religious people, right? It's like, let me go ahead and sin Monday through Saturday and then Sunday I'm forgiven. Right? That's like, that's almost yeah, like the mindset you see that people lot. take. And it's like, okay, but hold on though. That's not the, that's not the point of this. The point is 
not to one day out of a week be righteous and think that you are now on some moral high ground. That's not the point of it. The point of what I think the point of religion is, is to teach you how to be every day, you know, mm-hmm. how to teach you how to mm-hmm. be a better person all the time. You know what I mean? How mm-hmm. to connect with whatever it is all the time, not just on Sundays or whenever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think too often what happens with religion is it, it almost confines what ever God or the universe is. You know what I mean? It confines mm. what you're trying, what it confines the ways in which you can connect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think so. Um, so for example, um, a particular faith may say, this is the only way to do this. Right. And there's only this one God and everything else is BS. Right. Right. And you sure. can only do it going and you have to go to church every Sunday or whatever it is every Sunday. Mm-hmm. You're confining it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're saying, no, you can only do this when really it's like, no, what, what it more likely is, is your view is this when it's really much bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that made sense, but. Yeah, no, um, you'll get, you'll get things like churches too. And th- this is where I feel like it's kind of all like where you can actually see that it's kind of like bullshit, you know, it's Yeah. Kinda, because you'll see churches who, you know, because like historically Catholics are known for being the people who are like, you know, gays are bad or whatever. But nowadays, sure. because the narrative is changing around that, mm-hmm. you'll have churches who are, you know, will like priests will talk differently about that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's true. You know, and they'll say like, we love everyone now and you know, we're accepting of people who are gay. And then sometimes there's like contingencies. You'll have some uh, churches nowadays are cropping up where they're like very pro LGBT dot 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 i guess um and then you'll have other churches who are kind of like a normal church but then if they do talk about it they're like well you know gay people like it's okay to be gay but like just don't act on those things like there's all kinds of different like levels to it you know but if you go back like a hundred years and you ask some priests like is it okay to be gay like i'm betting he's gonna be like no (laughs) like go back 50 years you went like, like 20 deep. years. Yeah, 50. I mean, not even that long ago, yeah. Like, you can, even, there's places today. Churches, yeah, exactly. There are places today where you go and they're like, they'll look at you like, are you having gay, like, these thoughts? Like, do we're, we need to, like, cleanse you and, and you need to pray more and all this. They'll give you all this whole shit and act like being gay is some kind of a disease or something <laughs> that needs to be, like, prayed away. Um, or, like, <laughs> it's some, away. like horrible morally wrong thing and then there's a whole like well people weren't designed to be like that argument which is has been disproven like so many times like i know it's a really it's the whole idea of natural law it's so it's a really right there's okay here real quick so there's obviously what the church used to do with a divine command theory that doesn't work because you can't verify if the thing about nature is that tech technically you could say that if something happens isn't it natural because it happened. <laughs> See, here's the here's the other interesting. So what's I didn't know this. About it? <laughs> I didn't know this, but one of my friends, he's a, I want to say, something with biology. His major, anyways. Yeah. He was telling me he it was like, 
like at least 15% or something like that, whatever the number is, a certain amount of number of, uh, it was penguins in particular was the example. Yeah. Are homosexual. Yeah. It, it lit like, so it's like, it happens in nature. Happens with monkeys so, too. Like bonobos. Monkeys. Like <laughs> That's plenty the one of, I always like to go to. Yeah, bonobos. Yeah, <laughs> they're, bonobos. they're the really crazy ones. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, they almost use sex as like a, a currency. They um, do. But, uh, what you would call it though? We weren't talking about that. We were talking about no. Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll bring it back. But yeah, yeah. yeah, but like you were saying though, they'll say, "Oh, it's unnatural, so it's wrong," and it's like, "Well, that right. doesn't I work." I think the thing with the the natural argument, though, I think a lot of times it's it's just saying that, like, it, it singles out humans a lot of times. I think that's yeah. And like when we say unnatural, we really really mean that like, well, humans aren't supposed to do that. Or like, right. you, or like saying that something happened because humans did something. Like if you say, like deforestation, for example, is unnatural because humans are cutting down trees. Right. But if we're just doing that to like, because we have like paper and we have like products and things that we make out of trees. And so in order to continue making those things, we cut down trees. I mean, isn't, isn't that just kind of what we do? And say at some point we stop cutting down trees because we find better alternatives and we realize that like, oh, there are negatives to cutting down all these trees mm -hmm. then wouldn't that just be natural too it's, right it's kind of like this is just human nature is it not is this not all just human nature that's true playing out and then you say if it's good or bad or whatever but i mean like our world was a a ball of lava at one point in time <laughs> right that was natural right is that good i mean there was no life at all <laughs> right so like you know, and and then it'll probably be like that again. It'll probably just be like eaten by the sun. I mean, not even probably. It will be eaten by the sun one day, yeah. you know, when the sun dies. It will. That's true. This will all be like fire and it'll just be gone, you know? See, that's the other thing that always gets me with um, religion, right? Is, not to bring it back, is we know... And we can prove that certain things happened historically, right? Uh, sure. So, so when you so, fundamentalist, literal interpretations of scripture can be—I don't want to say dangerous, but almost, almost foolish, like, for lack of a better word. Foolish, disingenuous, a lot disingenuous, of times. Disingenuous, because it's like we could. Okay, here, I'm going to use this example, but there's probably a bunch, and this is an example that most people know. The story of Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. Okay, we know for a fact that humans have evolved over millions of years, right? Yeah, we weren't just like here all of a sudden. Right, yeah. we, we, and we can prove that. We know that that's what happened. We know that humans evolved. Yeah. If you take a literal interpretation of the Adam and Eve story, okay, that cr the creationist story, it doesn't work with what we know at this point in time. Right. right, like you that can literally evolved. look at the fossil library, and you can look at all the bones from all our ancestors, and right. you can literally see the transition from one being over time into a human. Yeah, exactly. Like you yeah. can see it, and so you yeah. can't really. So if you take a literal, right, interpretation of that story, it doesn't work. Now, what we were kind of talking about right before this was that if you what can you learn from those stories, right? I think that's the thing people often forget is maybe some of these stories aren't meant to be taken literally. 
and you take them figuratively, right? Yeah. What can you learn from it? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't matter the story. I mean, there's stories in Sikhism where, um, like, I'm trying to think of one. There's been, okay, so, I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there's stories in Sikhism where it's like that. Oh, okay. I'll give you one. The The story of the Panchbiata, the five beloved ones, right? Mm-hmm. The legend goes, because this was a historical event, um, but the, the legend of it, the way it goes is that uh, Guru Gobind Singh Ji called people in. Right mm-hmm. to dedicate themselves to the faith, and cut off their head. Kate walked out. All right, another person, bring them in into the tent. Walks out, swords covered in blood. People are like, "What the heck?" All right, mm-hmm. next person. Five end up going. Okay, they end up coming out. Right, necks intact. Right, wearing the turbans, and they were, and historically, they were the first Khalsa that they were Khalsa. They were. The people that it was the Sikh army basically, and they were mm-hmm. the people that were baptized in the faith. Mm. Now the story goes: they got their head. The, the legend goes: heads cut off, and then holy water, boom, came out of their life. Did that happen? Probably not. Yeah. Right. That probably no. didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah. Right? right. Now what did happen though, and this we do know, they did actually go into there. Right. That did happen, and they were willing to sacrifice themselves for it. That's the thing you get from that. It's not the, did they actually do it or not? No, but they were willing to, right? right? That's the thing that you get from that. And so you can take the literal interpretation of that and go, yup, they got their heads cut off and then boom, open oh, no, no, that probably and didn't happen. And then they happen. were like brought back to life or something. Right. Yeah. Like that, that is highly unlikely, right? Right. But what can you learn from that? Right. It was these men who were willing to give themselves to, the, to their, give their lives for their faith Mm-hmm. And and trust in the guru, and right? in doing so, prove themselves worthy. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. That that is a that is a big thing. And if you want to start talking about you know miracles and whatnot, we can do that. But I feel like first, yeah, it'd be good to kind of take it back and talk more about our actual belief in God to just actually yeah. kind of reflect on that to and show. Yeah, and to and to define it, yeah, because we haven't. I don't feel like we've really talked too much about what pantheism or panentheism really, really is, you know, and and what it and means the implications, or what its implications of that. Are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's so, get into that. Okay. So, like I said earlier, pantheism is the belief that the universe is God, right? And right. panentheism. Oh, and then well, then the other thing too is that there are like a lot of other beliefs of God that I feel like we should touch on all of those just to absolutely also say that like you know this is what we believe and also remember that yeah. there's like a bunch of different things that people believe but anyways exactly. yeah sorry so we'll start where we would be right pantheism panentheism they're close enough that i'm just gonna say it under one thing because they're not that different yeah pantheism is a belief that the universe is god panentheism is the same belief except that god is also outside of it right right similar enough and it the implications are basically the same so what does that mean? It means that when I look at a tree, right, I see God within the tree, right? When I look at Josh, I can see God within Josh. When I look in the mirror, I can see it within me. When I look at um, the stars at night, I could see God in the stars. The idea is that God isn't separate from us, right? Mm-hmm. God is fundamentally a part of everything, Right? 
That's the general belief, and that's where you and I lean. Right. Um. So what what do you think led you to believe like that? What made you kind of lean towards that belief? Right. So we we kind I touched on it earlier, and we started going down that path before we kind of went off on a in a different direction for a little bit, but. Um, I was introduced to Baha'ism mm. or to the Baha'i faith. I'm not sure if it's called Baha'ism. It's exactly, called Baha'ism. It is called? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was introduced to, to Baha'ism and that made me realize that like, oh, this is, um, there are like other better ways to think about these things, you know, and there are religions out there who like make more sense basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, for you to um, make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's definitely. Um, and so that got me thinking about, you know, I think it started with evolution. I think it might've, that's might've been where it started because I was thinking about, um, like if God was a part of everything, I don't remember exactly how I got to that idea that like, I think God is just a part of everything. I think it just made the most sense to me, you Mm -hmm. know, when I thought about like, well, how can evolution happen? And, how can we have all this stuff that's created through these natural processes, you know, because that wasn't God, right? Unless it was, you know, unless those things themselves, that was God, you know? And I think so that's how I kind of realized myself because I was never introduced to this idea from like someone else, at least not that I'm aware of that. Oh, God is like a part of everything. I just kind of came to that conclusion on my own because it seemed like if there was a God, it would have to be like that. Mm-hmm. And so I started I started thinking that like God was everything around mm-hmm. us, you know? Because how could God not be everything around us? It wouldn't make any yeah. sense for God not to be everything around us because then how do you explain, you know, like if you, if it, say in the Bible, it says that like God created the heavens and the earth. How is that possible? Well, if all of these his processes that we know have happened throughout the history of the universe that have taken place to lead to the creation of the world today. If that itself was all God, then that makes perfect sense. You know? Yeah, I agree. And it this... wasn't like some being made that happen. It's like, no, the actual process of that happening itself was God. Is the being. Exactly. Yeah, it's not even like a being. It's like way grander. It's like actually. Yeah. yeah everything you know exactly yeah yeah yeah. i agree (laughs) yeah i completely agree it's that like you said it for me at least it it's the only way that i can almost believe that there is some type of higher being with it i guess working kind of making sense it makes the most sense to me like like you said right right when you look at all of these things that happened over time it's just that is god it's not god making it happen no 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 it is God. That's that is what I, that's what I God. think. Yeah. Right. And I think the word God doesn't really do it justice. Like, do it just. I don't like using that word, and I try to like avoid using it now because I don't think it actually articulates what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't believe in the God of the Abrahamic faith or Abrahamic faith whatever. I don't. Right. I don't believe that there's this individual spirit that is separate from everything right. from creation. Right. I think right. that no, that is creation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that. The universe is honestly probably the better thing to say, mm. right? But it's not even the universe. It, but it's, it's like, not even. It's, yeah. It's everything. 
It's yeah. There's honestly the I the reason part of the reason I found my way back to Sikhism is because I realized that I already had these ideas and that this are it articulated it way better than I could. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can summarize my whole belief with one word. Okay, ik, and that means one. Mm-hmm. Everything is just one. It comes back to one thing. The everything mm-hmm. is God, it's, uh, like like we said, and it's all right. one thing that looks like different things, but really that thing is within everything else. And I think the universe can you can use that and it can work better than I think the word God can because think about it, we are a part of the universe just as much as the universe is a part of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. We are a a part of this thing. That is so grand and vast. You yeah, know what I mean? We, we literally can't even imagine it because we exactly. cease to, exi- like, we're, we just become invisible because that's how small we are compared to the whole thing. We are, see, I used to like the analogy of um, a wave within the ocean. No, no, no. We're a drop of water within the ocean. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if from if you are looking at the whole ocean, like, you couldn't see it at all right with your eyes because it's so small (laughs) exactly yeah and and that's the the way that i kind of view us in relation to whatever that is you know what i mean and so what are the implications of this belief in god right if god is the universe right Mm -hmm. what does that leave us you know what i mean Mm -hmm. what does that leave humans as or all life in general, everything in general, it essentially leaves us as a mode of God, but I don't know if you don't know what that means, it's basically just a part of God. That's that's all that means. Right. Um, But there's more to it than just that. Like, you touched on it earlier when you said, like, you're no better than anybody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you are the same. Right, you may be better at certain things. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. But like, yeah, who you are as a person. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You are the same thing as everybody else. Okay. That like same you're made thing, of the same. You're made stuff. of the same stuff. You're, exactly. Yeah. Right. The same thing that's within me is within you. The same thing that's within you is within your neighbor. Right. It's, it's right. And it just keeps going. It's within everything. Mm-hmm. And for me, what that does is. When you recognize, for me at least, that you are a part of the same thing as everybody else, it makes it really hard to have genuine hatred, I think, for yeah. other people. Do you know even, what I mean? It even makes it hard to to not like people or to be upset at people because exactly. you can start recognizing that that piece of yourself that's within everyone else, you know? Exactly. And th- this is something that I also realized, again, like in high school around the same time, I was starting to establish um, these beliefs that I have. And and when I say that I believe this, I only mean it like in so much that it could also like not be true, basically. Exactly. You know? I, I, same. Like, I, I, this is what I think because this makes the most sense to me. But I'm not saying that that's how it has to be because it might not be that way. And I think that's a kind exactly. of humility that a lot of people like should have more of. It's like, okay, I think- you believe that God is a certain way maybe, or you have certain beliefs about how, you know, uh, 
whatever, you know, whatever your like religion says, maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what you believe. And I think to be able to say that, like, maybe that's wrong is so important, you know? And it's hard to do because what does that mean? It, it, everything that you know, or you think you know, rather, right, might be wrong. Yeah. And, and it's but I think it really that. might be, though. I mean, I think you could honestly say that. Like, anything you know or that you think you know could be wrong. Like, why exactly. couldn't it be? Exactly. And, and in terms of religion, like, I think that whatever God is, right, is far beyond anything. It, it, if it even is real, right? There's that. Yeah. If God is even real, I think that it's far beyond anything that we could ever understand. Yeah. And I think that what and religion... Even, like the Bible even says that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And But I think that what happens with religion oftentimes is we try to take this thing that I really just don't think is possible to understand and they try to make sense of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And... It almost seems kind of, not pointless, but... It's almost like you just can't accept that this is so much bigger than you'll ever be able to wrap your head around. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you cannot truly... Okay, like, take the concept of an infinite being. You could... You literally cannot conceive of that. Yeah. You inherently... We are inherently finite beings, beings, right? As humans. You had a beginning and you are going to have an end. Everyone does, right? Yeah, like you can't imagine what forever is like because it's f- forever. Like it, and like you never it. see the end of it. So like you can't right. imagine well, it, you know? And then think about that. Like <laughs> you can't actually even define infinity, or right? So, okay, what's infinity? Oh, it's forever. What's forever? It doesn't have an ending. What is doesn't have an ending? There's no positive definition of it. If yeah. you don't have a positive definition of it, I don't think you, re- and I don't know if you know what that it's means. Like, but it's like it does doesn't stop like ever, <laughs> right? But you get you're saying does so when I'm saying positive and then a negative definition of something, mm-hmm. like my definition of finite is that it has a beginning and an end, right? My definition right. of infinite is that it doesn't have a beginning and it doesn't have an end. Notice how there's literally no word that I can use, right? That actually articulates what forever is aside from the word forever but even when you try to define forever when you define it it's always a negation of finite exactly yeah it's i, I see what you're saying yeah it's a positive does that make negative. sense yeah exactly and, and so it's like we have no positive idea of infinity right so you can't even right. conceive of that and so instead of trying to pretend like you know what it is right mm-hmm. maybe just humble yourself a bit and go i don't know and I think that what happens with religion oftentimes, and all religions are guilty of this, Christianity, Sikhism, Islam, and it, it, literally all, any and every religion mm-hmm. is guilty of claiming that we know what this is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that God is the universe. I know that God is an individual and separate entity. I know that there are multiple gods. I know this. I know that. But you don't. Right. Yeah. You believe that, and that's fine. Like, ha- but then, I but have then my they'll beliefs. say that. Then the other thing too is then, if you question that, and I think you should, absolutely. But a lot of faiths see that as like highly disrespectful, which is like another problem in itself because exactly. it doesn't allow for questioning. It doesn't allow for you to say like, does this make sense, or or ask like why you know too much because then it's like. Well, are you questioning God? Like, you know, right. It becomes it, like that and people get defensive and it's like, 
well, no, that's not what we're saying, right? Right. And, and I think that the there's this beautiful idea in uh, Islam, and <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but it's jihad. And it's not what you hear on the news. It's a holy word. That's literally not what it means. Mm-hmm. And I, I've explained it before, I think, on the, the old podcast. I don't know if I have on this one. Brief explanation. There's greater and lesser. Greater is the battle of your faith within yourself. That's what I'm going right. to focus on. It literally encourages you to question your faith and have a hard time with it because mm-hmm. I, because that encourages you to grow within your faith or within your spirituality or whatever the hell you want to call it, right? Right. And it's in questioning that and trying to seek a deeper understanding that you actually start to, right? If you just mm-hmm. blindly follow what this religious text says, whatever it is, I don't think you're actually going to get anywhere. Whereas if you start to question it and you start to kind of reflect, okay, well, why do I actually think this? Do I think this because I actually believe this or do I think this because I was told I'm supposed to think this? Right. Or does it, does it make sense? And if it makes sense, like, how does it make sense? Like, why does it make sense? Like, exactly. Like you you made sense of your idea of God, that God is, is the universe. Right. Mm -hmm. And you were able to make sense of that. And that was able to help you go, okay, this is why I believe this. And I can sort of make sense of it. Okay. Yeah, and I think the other thing you have to do, too, is to learn about other religions. Like, say you were raised yep. in any religion. Um, if they're telling you not to learn about other religions, or if you're not encouraged to to learn more or to question things, and you, you then you still ask, like, why? Like, why don't you want me to know about other stuff? You know, if this is what's right, why aren't you confident that if I go learn about... Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Sikhism. Then I will find my way back. <laughs> yeah, that how? why wouldn't you be sure that I wouldn't just end up right back where I started because that's what's right? If that's what's right, then shouldn't it be apparent? You know, if right. you go look at all these other religions. But the thing is, it's not. And right. this is, again, where my distrust of the church comes from partially because it's like, if you're so sure that you're right, why does it matter if I go like hang out with the Sikhs, you know, for a couple years or something, or if, you know, like I, and I think that a lot of people in the church kind of get this nowadays because it's like true, you know, right. (laughs) That if, if that is what's right, if that is what's true, then I could, I should be able to go learn about uh, the, you know, what Muslims believe Islam uh jews what they believe uh and all these other religions and and just kind of see that like oh yeah like this is what they believe but christianity makes more sense like that must be what's right or something or it should it should be apparent you know and you wouldn't have to worry about it i heard this analogy one time and i was like i get what you're saying but i still don't agree because i Basically, what the guy was saying. So, why shouldn't you go learn about other faiths? Right. And this was this this guy happened to be Christian. However, I bet you could find someone like this in any religion. And don't get me wrong, a lot of what the guy said and his other stuff, I thought was great. It was just that one particular thing that kind of I was like, eh. Mm. And he said, "You have a door, right? That's locked, and you have a set of keys. You don't, right? You'll only try the different keys until you find the right one." And when you find the right one, you don't keep trying the other keys. What he was saying was, I found the right key. I don't need to keep doing these other religions. And I was like, I think that that's a poor analogy. 
analogy. Like, I get it, but it's like, okay, well, what if you have a universal key? What if there's different keys that unlock the same door? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, that's why I was kind of like, and I think that that's the view that a lot of people have with religion and why they won't go exploring genuinely learning yeah. about and exploring other religions like with an open mind without with an open mind scrutinizing without going in thinking like well i know my religion's right and these people are wrong so i'm just gonna just gonna see what they think but i know they're wrong you know and that's like, what most people think <laughs> even when most people yeah. go explore another religion right they're not doing it with the they're thought not, of i'm uh, actually gonna fully immerse myself into this exactly uh, no, a no, lot no, of I'm times gonna... there can still be a barrier of like okay but i'm like a catholic learning about islam right you know? and, and or, i think the approach or, to come at it from sorry, or like i'm a jew learning about uh you know buddhism or something but like i'm still right. jewish right or whatever right right i for me what like i said I, there was a point i was agnostic right i was like yeah i don't maybe there is something maybe there isn't i lean towards i think there is something and i still hold that belief now however i had to abandon and kind of leave the faith I was raised in, right? And to actually learn about, okay, let me op- approach these with an open mind. Maybe that's true. I didn't fully immerse myself in them. That's true, right? And I, and I think that that is beneficial to do. However, I did try to learn, right, about these other faiths. What are they saying? Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, which I had a negative view on, but still, if you let me learn about it. Judaism, right, whatever it is. For me, what I what happened was, I did tr- learn right about different religions, and I even studied Sikhism. Right, once I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not a Sikh anymore. I looked at it a, from an outside view. Like, let me look at this from like just what is it saying? And then I quickly realized, huh, I didn't actually know what being a Sikh meant growing up. Right, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything, I, and I mm-hmm. quickly realized that it was it was like, huh, the faith that I thought I was raised in isn't actually what, like. What I thought about the faith I was raised in wasn't accurate, right? The beliefs and conceptions that I had wasn't accurate to what it actually says. And when I, once I started to realize that, I went, oh. And that, for me, that's how I found my way back to it, right? Mm-hmm. I still want to immerse myself and learn about other religions because I think that there is, a, it's very beneficial. I will go to a church depending on the friend that I go with, right? Yeah. I'll go to one and I'll go there with an open mind and go, you know what? Let's see, right? I'm going to not abandon my faith, but like, let's just go into this, right? I'm not going to go in thinking, oh, I'm a sick. I'm just going to go in thinking, no, I'm a person I want to learn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to go to a mosque. I I was actually going to go to one and then COVID happened. Um, uh, yeah, I was gonna go with the. Yeah. It was a. It was in my religions class, and it, uh, the teacher gave us an extra credit assignment, and he said you're gonna go to uh, a place of worship that's different than your own, and you're gonna go engage in it and learn about it, and then just write a quick paper on it. Uh, and I was gonna. I had a friend in the class who was Muslim, mm-hmm. and he was gonna take me to a mosque, and then I was gonna take him to a Gurdwara. Mm-hmm. Never happened, but oh. it's okay. So did he um, like change the assignment or something? Yeah, it was just an extra credit thing, and he just went, okay, it just didn't have that particular extra credit opportunity anymore. Oh, yeah, that makes um, sense. But it's still, that's like a cool thing, though, right, is to go yeah. and get, and that's still something I want to do, right? And mind you, I'm someone that at this point in time is like, no, like, 
I know what I believe. Now, there's a difference between saying I know what I believe and there's no, I know. Like, I, I just know the truth, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's the problem with that you see with religion is it's like, no, this is the truth, right? Right. Whether it's Guru Granth Sahib or the Bible or the Quran or whatever. No, this is truth. It's like, hold on. It's right. what you believe is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Try and create like a level of separation between. Exactly. This being the truth and this being what you believe is true. You know, just to leave some room for like, this is what I think, but there's also reality and we don't, we, you know, it's only true to the extent that like we can know what's actually true in the first place, you know? So it's like. Right. 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 Um, yeah. It, again, it's take it with a grain of salt, right? Yeah, basically. Basically. It's, I think that, that kind of sums up is like, take it with a grain of salt. And I'm not saying to always 24 seven question what you believe it, it, within your faith, but, or within your spiritual beliefs, whatever. Mm -hmm. But every now and then I go, okay, well, why do I think this? Right. Yeah. Why do I believe this? And, and then the other thing is don't blindly practice something, right? Yeah. Like you said earlier, meditate on it. Really think about it, okay? Yeah, understand what it means or seek to understand what things mean, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Because then what I think that does is that allows you to grow within your spiritual practices or grow, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <sighs> there are a lot of other conceptions of God. There are lots of other there are conceptions a lot of other of God. ideas of God. Yeah. And I think we should get so. into them. Yeah, so that's what we believe, right? Yes. Um, but, uh, like, with, with how I was raised, I was actually taught that God is... No, I don't remember it being that God was, like, a spirit, although I do know that is a Christian belief. But yeah. I can recall it being, like, there is this one God, and we pray to him, and it's always him, too, for some reason. I know. But... It's like we pray to God and um, it was never an idea that was really explored too much, I feel like, you know, when I was growing up in the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. And I think probably the, the best that people could say a lot of times was like, well, God is, like if you ask like, what is God? Like who is he or something, you know? It's the best people could do a lot of times is like, well, God, you know, God is like God, God is greater than us and sort of like this grander being, I guess, for lack of a better word, right? And it was never really explored a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know it is in certain contexts, but that was at least like my experience from what I can remember, you know? And yeah, no. um, But you're writing a paper on the problem of evil. Yeah. Which deals with, I think, at least a, a couple different conceptions of God, doesn't it? The primary it? one that, it, yeah, that's true, but the primary one it focuses on is um, within the context of Christianity um, and mm -hmm. Judaism, Judeo-Christian. Um, and the reason that that is, I should preface, is because a lot of the philosophy that we read comes out of Europe, and what is Europe primarily... Christian or Catholic. Christian. Yeah. Um, and so they slip the problem of evil. 
basically says, can God be all good, all knowing, and all powerful? There are lots of different solutions to this. The best ones that I've read and heard of are uh, yours and Leibniz. Josh's. Yours. Mm-hmm. Your guys's was almost actually the same, um, which was really interesting. Your guys's solution to it was, and it's that, oh, this is almost like a necessary part. I actually don't think there's a solution. I don't think there's a solution to the problem of evil. I think that that conception, again, this ties back to what we believe. I don't believe in that conception of God. Right. right. The all-powerful, all All good, all-knowing. I, I, I think right, that... all good, all-knowing, all-powerful. Yeah. I, I think... A tr- First off, I think man... Or, sorry, morality is something that exists within social... Not just humans, like, we know that. Um, but certain types of moral codes exist within social societies. This is a social construct is what it is, right? It's not right. like this literal abstract real thing. It's mm-hmm. real because we say it's real, right? It's, it's a social construct is what it is. Right. Oh, and that's, that's what I Since you said that word construct that people throw around a lot these days, I also want to just touch on that briefly and remind everyone that that's because we say that something is a construct does not mean that it is just pulled out of someone's ass or that like someone just arbitrarily right. made it up. That is not what it means for something to be a construct. No. A lot a lot of times nowadays, people will use the word construct almost as a synonym for made up. Yeah. And made up in an arbitrary manner specifically. And in, right. in, in so much to say is that it doesn't matter, which is not true. And that is no. not what construct means. <laughs> no. And I'm not exactly. Yeah. And, so, and I take yeah. the same idea with morality i think it's a social construct however i think it's an important one i think it's a necessary one this is something that developed over time for a lot of different reasons it's not like someone just made this up and it's not just in humans you see this in um, my teacher pointed this out to me because i actually uh, i accidentally created a false dichotomy in one of my papers Um, right and my teacher pointed out he said well actually no it's not just limited to people um you see um any social society having almost unspoken agreed upon rules that they all sort of follow and when someone breaks those un right. unspoken rules there's usually some type of pushback right, right? There's they, a reason they may you don't do literally it. be made up but there's nothing arbitrary about them and it's not like someone just sat down and made them up like they developed over, over time. time there's a yeah. reason that they exist exactly anyways so now that we've defined what we think or at least what i think morality is and i think that that's something you would generally agree on Mm -hmm. we can get into that another time but for the sake of this conversation morality is something that exists amongst social societies social creatures in this instance humans Mm -hmm. and we use this thing that we have made up over time and created to define something that supposedly created the universe that has existed for all time and it's like these ideas of like what good is and right yeah um Anyways, back to the problem of evil. I don't necessarily think that there's a solution to it. All right. I think we should touch on the premises real quick, though, too. Yeah. Because the problem of evil, it it literally, the the premises is that if it's, so it's, it's basically like, why is there evil if God is, this is the question, is like, if God is all good, all knowing, and all powerful, why does evil exist? Right. And usually the argument goes something along the lines of like, if um, evil exists 
and God is all good, all knowing and all powerful. Either he isn't all good, he isn't all powerful, or he isn't um, om- all, knowing. all knowing, omniscient. Yeah. So that that is specific, specifically how the ar- argument tends to go. Am I correct? Yeah. That, yeah, right. basically. And the, so. the best uh, solution to the problem of evil is that um, the way Leibniz put it was this. There is, um, let's say God has a general will and a particular will, right? God's general will may be to create more good for all life. But in order for that to happen, something bad bad has to happen, right? So God's particular will is to will evil, right? In order for the good thing to happen in the long term. Essentially, God's a utilitarian. Um, right. If you don't know what utilitarian is, that's just what is good is what brings the most amount of happiness to the most amount of people. That's mm-hmm. the simplest also the way argument to define it. Free will, too, which we should touch on. We should touch on that, but... Um, I don't think that you can solve the problem of evil. I think that there are solutions to it, but I don't think they completely work. Um, Because at what point is like, is this just too much? The example that um, Voltaire gives is uh, the... I don't remember which earthquake it was, but it was a massive earthquake. Why is that necessary? Why does that have to happen, right? At what mm-hmm. point is it just too much? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At what point are these things that are evil, right? Just, like, why does it have to happen? What good comes out of this? And my, mm-hmm. as my teacher pointed out to me, um, he gave me a good example, and I was like, huh. Just because you create a good outcome, let's say that that does hold true, right? That the whole idea of, that these bad things have have to happen for something good to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say that's true. If, let's say there's a doctor, okay? And the doctor has a child. And let's say I have this deadly disease and I go, <laughs> and I inject the child with this deadly disease, right? That mm-hmm. there's not enough research on this, right? There's no cure, no vaccine, no nothing. And I inject this child with this deadly disease in hopes that the father will create um, a cure a cure for it, right? Yeah. Well, let's say that he does create a cure, okay? But let's say his, the kid died. Well, even if the kid lived, is the suffering that I inflicted upon that child, does that make me all good? Even though the outcome is good, did I do a good thing? Right. No, I inflicted unnecessary suffering upon an innocent being. Mm-hmm. Right? It seems like that's wrong. Right. Right? And so, it's like just because you create a good outcome, do the um, means justify the end. Right? Right. I would say probably not. And so, again, it's like at what point is causing suffering just too much, even though even if you create a good outcome, at what point is it just like how can something be all good, right? That's the that's mm-hmm. the problem is you, you, they say all good, not just kind of good, all good. And that's yeah. the problem is exactly. when you say all good, you it, it becomes really hard to back that up. If you say good, if you just say good, mm-hmm. right? Like generally good. Generally good. <laughs> then, that's, then that solution 
works perfectly, right? Yeah. When you but say it's all good, good. you're like completely right. You're completely benevolent. It's like mm, that doesn't work then because you just inflicted unnecessary suffering. I think one of the big things being. is that the way I look at and and did at the time when I wrote my paper on it, the problem of evil, is that it, you know, like when when we say like uh, or like when the problem of evil talks about a uh, all good an all-knowing and all-powerful god you know i look at those points and i see it like if a, say like a god is all good like my first thing would be like all good uh, according to who <laughs> you know i agree like like what like it's it's all about like how what that actually means you know and so you can literally create an entire analysis or a whole argument that's just based around like each of those points you know, just mm -hmm. attack, uh, basically attacking the argument of evil um, on the premise that how you define what all good is, is inadequate, you know, right? or, or incorrect in some way, right? right? Because you're putting it in the human box, basically, you know, mm -hmm. humans think these things are good for these reasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if God is all good, then maybe that what we think is good and bad isn't actually good and bad. You know, mm -hmm. it's just good and bad relative to other things, you know, like if I people die, it must you. be bad, right? Like, no, I, right? I actually, I agree. I think that the reason I often try to avoid attributing morality to when t talking about God, it like, okay, a tsunami, right? Let's say a tsunami happens and then it kills a bunch of people. I'm not going to say like, I'm going to say that the outcome was bad relative to what, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was a bad thing that happened, but do you say the tsunami is evil or is it just something that just is? Right. The outcome isn't great, right? But is the mm -hmm. tsunami somehow this evil thing? Right. It's you know not, what I mean? Yeah. It's just a tsunami. If a meteor yeah. hits the earth and wipes out all life, is the meteor evil? Like no. It it just <laughs> is. <laughs> it and, just is. Yeah. And if you view God as the universe, right? That just that's not good or bad. It just is. Right. Right. That's the way that I kind of look at it. It's I'm not, not gonna, even. It's not even like, ah, uh, moral. Like it, it literally just. This there's nothing moral about it. It's it just, just is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's. It, I'm not. There's nothing. Don't even attribute morality to it. It just is. Right. Right. These things so if, happen. If you look at like our belief of God as, the universe, right, or as something that is. Part of everything, basically, I think that, it's much easier to to basically say that the problem of evil isn't really a problem um it's right. still difficult because you still it's have true. to make that argument for you know well that god is maybe like like this you know <laughs> like yeah you know and then you could say that it's you know god is like a part of everything or whatever um but it's very difficult to define that you know so that, right. that would be the first challenge is you'd have to do that and then you would have to say that um, if you want to say that, like, that God is all good, then you would have to, like, really massage the meaning of that. Like, what is all good, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like, with our conception of God, I would think that maybe you could say that, like, well, the thing, see, this is the part of, this is why it's a problem is because it, it specifically has to be within the confines of a God that's all good, all knowing and all powerful. Right. 
So actually, let's start with an easier one, all-powerful. If God, if God is everything, of course God is all-powerful. Right. <laughs> because God is literally everything. Exactly. <laughs> so it's all the power. So yeah, that, that is all-powerful. Yeah. So that's easy. Okay, God is all-powerful. Yeah. Um, a part of everything that, I mean, of course, it, that whatever that is would be all knowing because it's literally literally everything everything. so (laughs) (laughs) that's not a problem so then the biggest problem it seems like that we have is all good right and that one's hard yeah that that's a hard one right that's the hard one and again the way that i do this is i just avoid attributing morality to god i just go it just is right Right. but but if you you were to though if you want to solve the problem of evil you have to solve that all good part Okay. And the way you solve the, I see. So here's the thing. Then I think at that point it becomes the same problem that, like, it, it's the same problem within Christianity, right? You can, you have to solve that all good thing, right? right? I think the and that's the big, the big problem is that it's like what I said earlier. It's good to who basically. It's it's relative, right? right? So if you just think about like the creation of the universe, was that good? Or was it bad or was it yeah. just... If like a, if a star is born, is that good? Um, if like a, a star explodes Blows up. and dies, yeah, because that's how they die, they explode. <laughs> is that I good? So. Right. Yeah. Like what is it good for? Like if you, if you took humans out of the equation, right, I think this is a good kind of a mental exercise to do to try and think about this without some of the more complicated aspects of it is you just take humans out of the equation. You just think about like the universe, right? You have all these elements, you know, at like extremely high temperatures, just scattered and cold temperatures and all kinds of different extreme situations, you know, and you have like black holes and stuff, right? That's like an infinite gravity well or whatever. It's like, if you try and say, if you ask, is this good or not? It's like, it doesn't even make sense. It's like, no, it doesn't. There's, it's, there's nothing to hold it relative to. And that's what it seems like we always do when we say something's good or not. We're always also kind of silently saying who it's good or not good for, you know? Exactly. And so in that sense, I would say that like, that is a good approach to say that like, well, it doesn't really make sense to attribute morality to that because if that's God, then like, how could you attribute any moral element to that? It seems like we bring the whole moral element, you know, that's what I think. Yeah. So again, I just think that if you take humans out of the equation, everything looks like super different, you know, I think it does. Yeah. One of the other things that the issues that I had with the problem of evil is that especially when you look at the, solution that um Leibniz gives that the whole idea of the general and particular will and that certain things have to happen for this good thing to happen it's like couldn't an all-powerful being just do whatever it wanted if it's if it's truly all-powerful right why does it need a general and particular will when it could just do whatever it wants you know what i mean Mm -hmm. with this is within the context of of the christian or the Judeo-Christian right. conception of God. Right. Because the easy way to fix that would be to say, like, well, what do you mean wants? Like, what if it doesn't right. want? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. But let's just say that yeah. that's, right, within that context. Um, why why does an all-powerful being need that? It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It should just be able to do whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And if it can just do, like, it can, oh, well, I don't, this is bad. Oh, there's a tsunami? Eh, let's just stop it. It's like, okay, that doesn't... What I find more interesting, though, is that, say you have this all-powerful, all-knowing being, why would it care about humans at all? You know? That's a good point. Why would it... A, how does it even make sense for it to have feelings? <laughs> you know? Because, like, it wouldn't. Not in the sense that humans have feelings, right? Because our human... Our... Our humings? <laughs> <laughs> our feelings are largely a byproduct of our physical body, yeah. you know? Like, when we feel That's things, true. like, we can feel them in places. And this, this is because of, like, our nervous system and like other complicated biology stuff that I don't really understand, but that's mostly what it is. It's like, you know, your body firing signals and your brain firing signals and, you know, you uh, hormones are released in the body and neurotransmitters, you know, are, you know, sent places and whatnot. I don't know. I'm mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm not a biology expert, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, that is a large part of what creates the human experience. It's, it's like our physical body. Right. So, I mean, that gets into another issue, which is like, if humans have souls, what is, what is a soul then, you know, because so much of what we are is our physical body. So if you take away all of our physical body, what, what's, what's left? left, what is us? And I think uh, an answer that kind of makes sense to me, at least is, well, maybe that's that part of God, you know, that part of God yeah. that is everything, you know. It's I, like, I, that's what I would agree with you. Right. So, like, maybe maybe that's what it is. And maybe, like, when a body dies and decomposes, that's just us becoming one with everything again, you know, in a, but in, like, a physical, visible way, you know. Right. Like, our, as we decompose, like, we're eaten by fungus and all this other organisms and changed you know our body matter changes states chemically speaking and, and all kinds of different processes happen right mm -hmm. and so it's like well well maybe that that is literally like because you know like in the bible even it says you know in in death that uh you, you, some people believe like you go to heaven or you go to hell or whatever but if you think about us actually just becoming one with god you know because it does, it says in the Bible, like, you know, you'll be with God, you'll want for nothing, you'll, you'll, you know, everything will be like perfect. Well, I think that actually makes sense if you think about that when we die, we literally, one. yeah. Like, that's, you know? I mean, that's the whole, that's the same idea in uh, Sikhism that you see is that, uh, so the, in Sikhism, they talk about the idea of reincarnation, which I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say I know, but what I am going to say is this, is I do believe the idea that of becoming one with God, right? Sure. And I think you did a, a good job of explaining how, like, physically, like, you literally become a part of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, you know, like you said, if you take away this physical body, what's left, what is me, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, it. I would agree with you in thinking that. I think I mean, that it, it's that it, same. And it works the other way, too, because if you think about, like, where did everything that I'm made out of come from? Like you could probably trace every atom in your body to a different place mm -hmm. at different points in time. Like we, we know that there are elements that humans are made out of that are only created in stars, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like it's crazy, you know? And then the, the whole idea, okay. Uh, energy is never created nor destroyed, right? It, it transfers It becomes something different. Right. It's, uh, 
matter. It, it doesn't get destroyed. It becomes something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting because it's like, I, I, for me at least, that works with the pantheistic conception of God is it's like, well, it's just, again, it's you were one thing and now you're a different thing, but really it all comes back to the, the same thing, right? You're, it's still just a part, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's... If you, I remember, I mean, I don't re- really remember anything like in depth, but I can recall learning about like how stars form, you know, in like high school or middle school or, when, you know, like science class. Whenever you learn, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whenever you learn that stuff. And they talk about, you know, you have to learn the periodic table like several times in your, you know, youth and in, in your elementary school or middle school or high school educations. There's, there's a couple different times where you like go over the periodic table and you talk about all these elements and depending on your science teacher, to some extent, you would have talked about how it is that all these elements came into being, you know, mm-hmm. and like where they all come from. Mm-hmm. And your science teacher probably, I would hope, would have talked to you about how certain elements are created in certain ways, you know, mm-hmm. and how maybe, I, I forget what it's called, but I think there were only like, there's a there's like a hypothesis that there was only like X amount of elements when the universe was created, mm-hmm. you know. And it was out of that that all these other elements were created, you know, through different processes, you know. Um, so, I mean, if you think about that, then it's like, well, yeah, like literally everything we're made out of came from everything out there, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and that was, I mean, how do we know that some something that's like in a, uh, on a planet like a million light years away didn't interact with something that we're made out of like a million years ago, you know? Right. Or something or like a billion years ago, you mm-hmm. know, like it's plausible that like maybe some, some of the stuff that we're made out of could have been like anywhere else at any given point in time, mm-hmm. you know? But like, we don't know. <laughs> That's you true. Know? Like all this stuff that, that this planet, everything that exists, it didn't exist once. <laughs> right. And then it was formed from like other stuff and through all these weird processes that are like hugely unfathomable, you know? <laughs> That's true. To, to even think about how like life came to be on this planet, like we learn about it. Yeah. But it's still weird, like really. You really like think about it though, because it's. If you, if you want to make it simple, I guess you could say that, like, yeah, like, everything we're made out of came from somewhere else. It literally kind of didn't, you know? But that's because there's, like, all these complicated processes that happen mm-hmm. along the way to mm-hmm. create. Like, if you just think about making a human, mm-hmm. you know, you start with, like, one cell, and then you get, like, two, and then there's, like, the cell division or whatever, right? That's, like, basic stuff. Everyone knows that, mm-hmm. I would hope. <laughs> you know? So it's, like... It's almost like the human is like made out of nothing, but it's not nothing, right? Mm-mm. It's not really nothing. You right. Know? It's just this process that creates that, you know, where mm-hmm. things go in as one thing and they come out as another thing. And then we go in again and we come out as another thing, you know, like when we die, when we decompose and then we become something else again, you know? And then so, that will eventually become something else yeah. and then that becomes something else. Yeah, you know but what I mean? that's like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's been happening forever. Nope. <laughs> you know? Yep. All these cycles and things. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so you had mentioned the uh, free will earlier. Right, yeah. And I also wanted to touch on uh, uh, how I brought up miracles earlier. Right. So we'll cover those two things really quick. Uh, let's talk about free will. Um, right, briefly. so one, this is one, basically, this is another proposed solution to the problem of evil is that we have free will. Yeah. And so. I don't remember exactly how the argument goes. You probably know better than me, but it's basically like... So because we have... So again, this works with the monotheistic concept. So God is separate and gives us free will. Okay. Right. Evil exists because of... Right, we have free will. And because we have free will, we're able to do bad things to each other, right? Do evil, right? Quotes, evil things to each other. As much as we are able to do like good things. As, yeah. Right. As much as we're able to do good things because we have free will. We have both good and bad within us and it's up to us to choose which way we go right um but that still doesn't account for natural disasters and things like that you know what i mean all that mm -hmm. accounts for is human evil right. right that's all that accounts for so it, it solves that problem but it doesn't solve natural disasters and again if you if you call that the will of god then it's like okay is again how is that completely all again that's the problem when you use all all good completely right. benevolent right that, that's the issue right it it, right. it it solves the problem in the sense of human interaction with each other right sure if we have free will then we have the freedom to choose the evil or good that i i enact on another human being or right. just another thing in general one way you could try to solve that is by saying that like well that's not evil basically Right. And, and I've gone like around in circles with my philosophy teacher about this before. Right. Because, you know, obviously it accounts for human evil, mm -hmm. but it, like you said, it doesn't account for like other things that we would consider like bad, you know, mm -hmm. things that, you know, definitely don't fit in with that idea of all good, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think if I recall correctly, I, I remember uh, when I was like researching this and kind of going through these arguments, like one of the things that I thought was, okay, well, you could just say like that isn't evil, right? But then there mm -hmm. are problems with that too, of course. But like, let's say we do say that's not evil, you know? And then you're basically like narrowing the lens of like what is evil. Mm -hmm. And you can like narrow it down to like just the people basically. Mm-hmm. And I think what that does more than anything, actually, is it just shows that this is all dependent on people. <laughs> I agree. You know? So, again, it's just, it's like an equation that only makes sense if the people are in it. If right. You take people out of the equation. It doesn't make sense. Like, you don't even need the equation anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Exactly. So, yeah, that's basically the whole thing with free will and how that fits within that solution to the problem of evil. But, again, all it accounts for is human interaction. Yeah. Um, so. And I still come back to the same conclusion. Okay, then just how about you don't call these other things evil? They just are. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, the, I think that, and that doesn't even solve the problem of evil. That just says this thing isn't evil. It's not yeah. solving and, and, it. And then the other thing too, which I feel like doesn't make sense, at least not to me, is how people will say like, well, why, why would God like let that happen? I think it's like, God didn't let it happen. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Like he's, it wasn't up to him to like let it happen in the first place. And then people will be like, well, if he's all powerful and all knowing, right. Because then it's like, that seems to create issues with some of these other, the other three points, you know, there's right. three points and 
if you try and fix one, it's almost like you kind of break another one, right? Right. Sometimes if you start going down that path and see, I then think here's the other thing. Here's one, right? If God is all powerful, then then you can't really say that it wasn't like like that. He should he should be able to like or the the God you know whatever God is should be able to take care of it like that should be a problem if god is all powerful why does yeah. god need to let these bad things happen right right so it, I think, it seems unnecessary again like the when you have to fix i think is the all good if you can't fix the all good because because you like we already it's pretty easy to figure out you know all powerful all knowing but if you want to say all good then you That's have hard. to exactly, exactly and i like i said i i said at the beginning i don't think there's an actual solution to it <laughs> I don't think that there is. Um, right. I, I think the solution is that there is no problem. <laughs> right. Right. That's yeah. what I think. That's what I, that's what I would say is that there is no problem. They're just. There is right? no so problem there, of evil. Yeah. I just don't think it. And I, I, think I, I would agree with that too, actually, that like the problem of evil isn't a problem. Actually, I think that's what my paper was called. Is it was. The problem of evil isn't a problem. It was something like that. It was yeah. like the problem of evil. It was like the. The problem of evil is no problem at all, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's what I think, right? Yeah. Um. I don't know. That's just it's interesting. So I wanted to touch on uh, real quick before we finish up. We were talking about a uh, since we're on the topic of religion, we might as well talk about it. Sure. Um. We talked. I read, was reading about uh, miracles last week. I don't. Philosophy is right. a weird major. We read about weird shit. Um. Random stuff. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about that and, um. The, the implications and the problems that it arise like that it creates uh, with religion basically mm-hmm. essentially it's the idea that we'll just use Christianity because we've been doing it this whole time and I'm just gonna keep doing it it's easy yeah in Christianity right the miracles that happen are specific to Christianity right they happen within the context of Christianity and everything else is no it's it's, it's it's not real, right? Mm-hmm. It's BS. Mm-hmm. If that is true, then that means everything else that everybody else claimed has been a miracle of God right. simply never happened, right? Mm. And if it's true within Islam, right, then that means everything else is wrong. And if it happened in Buddhism, then that means everything else is wrong. So more likely... What the actual what actually happened is this. I'm gonna delve a little bit into psychology. You can have false memories. You can remember something that never happened, right? And I think a lot of people have heard about that false memories. Basically, if you're told that something happened over and over and over again, you're told, yeah, you remember when this happened, and you keep doing that over and over. Guess what? This person's gonna. They are gonna remember it. Like it's literally going to be a memory. It's not a real memory, but it will be an actual memory within their head. It just didn't actually happen. More likely, that's what miracles are. Is that a literal miracle didn't happen? Kind of like we talked about earlier with the whole... It's not... The, you can't take it literally. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, this probably didn't happen. Like right? Something happened. Something yeah. happened, and it eventually gets misconstrued, and then you get this story of, yeah, they got their heads cut off, and then holy water on their neck, and oh, no, they're fine. Like, that didn't yeah, happen, exactly. right? Like the story earlier, yeah. Like th- That's the example that I'm going to use to use it, uh, an example from Sikhism, right? But there's plenty. Yeah that you can use from other religions. Um, 
but it seems far more likely that instead of a miracle actually happening, that no, it's just something happened and then it gets misconstrued over time and that's how you get these literal fundamentalist <laughs> interpretations of right. religious scripture. But yeah, I right. just wanted to mention that because that kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier. It is interesting because there is um, there was a recent um, miracle, it's called, right? And uh, there's a there's a video or like a documentary about it, and um, it was a it was a Catholic miracle, and it, it was basically I think if I if I remember correctly, there was basically a woman who doubted. Um, we could say, and she went to take the Eucharist, which is the bread that's been consecrated, and she bit into it and it bled. Right. And so this whole documentary is about basically proving that that actually happened. And it analyzes the blood and they're like, it matches up with like, you know, the blood of someone who they basically try and show that it's like Jesus's blood. Right. And they say okay. they date it and all this stuff. Right. And, and, um, it's like, if that actually happened, like, how do you explain that? You know, you, you can't, yeah, there's no, here, here, here's what it means. Right. If that kind of, if that actually happened, yeah, then that means Every other religion is wrong. But that doesn't really make sense. But that doesn't make sense. Right. That seems unlikely. So then the question is, if if it wasn't actually a, a miracle, if, if the lady didn't bite into the, you know, body of Christ and it didn't bleed, then what is all that evidence that they have, basically? You pretty much have to say it's fake. <laughs> right? It's against the idea of a false memory. Or you can fabricate things. No, but... But, right, you can fabricate things, right? You can fabricate things, and what does that become then? So, sure, maybe it's not the whole, you tell someone, oh, this happened. It's not necessarily the same exact idea, but similar enough where it's like, well, maybe it either, one, didn't happen, the whole story's made up, or it did happen, and... Well, it, we know it happened. We know that because there are witnesses, and right, in the church who are there when this happened. They interview all these people. You have the, the, the body, you know, the bread... Um, and the blood and all of that. It's all there, right? So something happened, <laughs> you know? But was it exactly that? Right. But was it, did the, did the body of Christ actually bleed, right? That's the, it, that's the again, question. seems far more likely that it, and I'm not like, trying to be like disrespect like anybody or anybody's or religion. <laughs> right. Like I'm not trying to like disrespect, like, like if yeah. someone that was a sick said something like that happened, I'd go, mm probably not but did it <laughs> like i would say yeah. that with literally any like it's like i'm not just trying to <laughs> be a dick and attack christianity like that's not what we're doing but it seems okay between these two what seems more likely right that someone bit into bread and it bled or that right and if that's true then every other religion's wrong or is it more likely that no these are things that these are stories. They're not reality. Yeah. They're stories that you hear that, oh, will this happen? Will this happen? Right. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm going to question this evidence within this documentary. Right. I um, wish I wish I could recall it too because we watched it in, you know, like 
church classes I took. No shocker there. <laughs> um, okay, see, now I'm really yeah. going to question the validity of it. Yeah. <laughs> now that you said that, like, I'm really going to question the validity of that. Yeah, so, like, this was, like, a documentary they showed us. Because they, they have to, like, prove that these things are real somehow, yeah. right? So... It seems like you a take good a, way to convince kids. Anyways. You take a well, I yeah, I was and I was like thirteen at the time or something. There's confirmation classes is what they're called. It's, it's for when you're oh, confirmed. For, yeah, and I'm not going to explain what that all is right now. But yeah, yeah. So we're like sitting there, and and in one class one day, like the teacher puts on this video, you know, and he's like, I want you guys to watch this or whatever. And it's this video about this thing that happened like at the time it would have been like ten years ago or maybe like eight or nine even. Um, it's about twenty years ago at this point. Yeah, but the point is very recent, you know, yeah. they have videos, they can make a documentary about it, you know, when yeah. it happens. And so it's like, I don't know, like, are you saying that this was staged by the church, you know, to try and like show that no, miracles really do happen, you know? I wouldn't put it past them, but it's also, it's kind of screwed up, you know? It is. So. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, Mm. Or is there I'm some gonna... other explanation besides that it actually happened? That it's a real miracle, right? I think it's unlikely that a miracle actually happened. That's what I think. I think that, yeah. Right. Of course it's unlikely. I mean, even if it actually happened, it would be statistically almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even you know, if it, it did it, Here's the other thing, too. Like, some things that someone yeah. might call a miracle, it's like, well, that's not really a miracle. It's just highly improbable that this thing happens. It's just... Right. But, like, it can still happen. Yeah. And then, even if it did, like, how do you explain it? You know? So, so in what sense did it happen? You know? Right. Yeah, because like obviously... How does it get misconstrued? Does it yeah. get... Yeah. Like, something happened, but how... How did it happen? How did it happen? What exactly was it that happened? Was it actually a piece of bread bleeding? Right? That's the question. Probably yeah. not, but or like even if you want to go back, you can look at something that we'll never be able to prove or disprove, and it's like the Jesus turning water into wine thing, you know. Yeah, again, that people seems... will try to explain like how did that happen, you know. There's a story in Sikhism about there, it's like a dried up well or something, and then Guru Nanak knows he's like okay, like they're oh this person's whatever. Long story short, lifts up a rock. Oh, look, there's water. That's right. probably didn't happen. But, like, it's still, again. I, maybe you did. Maybe you found the groundwater, bro. Again, see, that's another way you can explain it, right? It's like, yeah. maybe you just knew it was there and was like, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna wait to show you this until you be like, oh, by the way. Yeah, to make it look, like, super crazy. <laughs> right. You never know. But, yeah. Moses in the burning bush is one that we actually do have a reasonable explanation for, right? And it's basically <laughs> that he was smoking DMT. That's basically the explanation. And that yeah. honestly makes the most sense. Yeah. Because it, people that have done that have, haven't they talked about seeing something similar? Exactly. That yeah. That's part of it. And then, you know, it's like this thing, you're hearing the voice of God speak to you from this burning bush. It lines up with the way it's described. It could line up with a lot of DMT experiences, right? And then what was the bush? Well, it was an acacia bush. You know what? The acacia bush is very rich in DMT. So, you know, it's okay. like... And it was a burning bush, so... Yeah, and it was like a burning bush. So I'm like, maybe they like burned a bush or something, but right. And then accident, and then, oh, what the... And then, and then maybe like tripped on, I don't know. <laughs> right, it's like, <laughs> yeah. maybe, that's probably not exactly what happened. <laughs> no. But, you know, if you want to... 
try and figure out what it what it is that did happen, then that's like one hypothesis that kind of yeah. makes a little bit more sense than yeah. No, this bush just spontaneously caught on fire and the voice of God spoke to him through yeah. the bush, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, maybe you were on drugs. <laughs> yeah. That's also, again, uh, is there historical evidence that Moses was even real? I know there's historical evidence that, like, Jesus was. I don't oh, know yeah. if there's historical evidence that Moses was because he supposedly, he was Ramsey's brother and obviously Ramsey is a real person. We know that he was a real he was a pharaoh we know that this is why i wish the library of alexandria didn't burn to the ground because i, I feel like there was a book in there that would have written about that time period and would have you would have been known. able to like read about ramsey's brother and like who yeah. he was i'm sure we we know as much as we could know that moses yeah. was real i'm sure we do at this point we have especially. as much evidence as we can at the, yeah yeah, yeah as much as we could know i'm sure that we do but yeah. um and the other interesting thing is that Moses would have been trained, and this, this is something that Graham Hancock talks about because he's actually studied, you know, Egyptology a bit. Yeah. Um, but basically the Egyptian pharaohs, they would have been trained in, like, Egyptian magic. Mm-hmm. And they would have been trained as magi- magicians, basically. And so Moses, being an Egyptian prince, would have been trained in Egyptian magic. And the other thing that we know about the Egyptians is that they were very much more in tune with things than we are nowadays they used substances like psychedelic substances like we actually have evidence of this and so we know that they use these things for different purposes you know in order to have visions or to communicate with the gods or whatever have you right yeah i think that's interesting and i think graham hancock like he's interesting he also has some out there ideas i'm like that that seems unlikely but sure. like that the pyramids were uh it was telekinesis that was one it's like that, that one gets about, me. I about no. <laughs> it's like such a smart guy. That one was quite out there. But anyways, yeah. But I think it's hard too, especially when you're him, because you have things that when you're starting off, they look like they're out there, but then they're true. You know, that's true. That's <laughs> like true. The pyramids true. even being ten thousand years older than we initially thought. That's what's a trip. Yeah, to me, they're like, way long or older than we thought they older, were. Older, yeah, and it's like nobody thought that could ever be a thing. But the it Sphinx turns out... is even older than we thought it was. Exactly, not by a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So I feel like we've we've generally wrapped up the point, though. <laughs> yeah, we've we've covered what we wanted to cover. We'll get into yeah, pro- we, whatever we get into next time. We yeah, can get into we, this next time. Yeah, we can get into other stuff on the next episode of Facts. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. The Discord should be up with this episode, so feel free to check it out. We'd appreciate it. Yep. Tell It'll your be... friends and family about the Backscatter podcast with Josh and Amir. Yeah. And we actually, we should do, we still need to do a official goodbye on Life in, with Josh and Amir. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we will so, be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it, and we will see you on the next episode. Of Backscatter.